Welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project with Lalo and Bob. We appreciate you spending some time with us today. Let's jump right into that weekly dose of things you can disagree with. Take it away, guys. All right. Good evening and welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project. I'm your host, almost said Robert, almost did it, dude. Fuck. That's <laughs> a habit. I'm your, I know, it's a habit. I'm your host, Bob, and it's Lalo. We're here yeah. We're here again tonight. It's been a busy fucking week for me. I'm tired as hell, but so much shit has happened, and, you know, what are we going to do? We got to sit down and talk about it, right? <laughs> it's a new thing every day, so... <laughs> that's one one good thing we'll never run out of things to talk about <laughs> not as long as we live in the united states anyway <laughs> that's true so what's up man another much just been trying to keep up with everything and um like i mentioned before i'm like in the process of moving and like all the main stuff is done it's just like all the little things that you know i go back and forth to get or like setting up everything and like making it the house more like a home you know oh yeah expression so oh i've been in this place for six months and i'm still doing it (laughs) yeah Yeah. so it's a process but we're getting there yeah well i when the last time i moved my wife was sick and she was useless sick so all she did was went to the couch I moved her bed down to the new place and then she moved from the couch to the new bed and I took care of everything. It <laughs> fucking sucked. Have you ever moved a couch by yourself? Uh, not by myself, <laughs> but it's harder with two people. So let alone with one, I can imagine. I just stood it up in the parking lot and used a dolly on it. And I, we just moved apartments. We moved from a two bedroom apartment to a, to a three bedroom. And so it was just like across across the parking lot but god damn man what a mess <laughs> i don't want to do that again so what about what let, let me ask you man we have had another one of those weeks in america where everything's everything's about one thing and then something else happens and blows up and everybody just going to forget are we just going to forget about last week is that what we're going to do again cuz boulder happened so Asian American violence is, yeah, whatever. That was last week. This week we got bolder. It seems like th- like that's how it is, doesn't it? Um, yeah. With like yeah. every news cycle. Um, but yeah, it was crazy when I saw like the headlines, especially because the last shooting just they it was like back to back, you know, basically. Yeah, and we haven't had one in a long time, and. You know, I, I wanted to look the statistics up, but I didn't really get a time. But then again, there really haven't been many mass shootings in 2020 because of the pandemic. And now it's now we got the we got the you know got the shot, got the vaccine. So I guess everybody's cleaning their fucking guns now. I guess I. It's kind of hard to have a school shooting when there's nobody at the schools. <laughs> so silver lining of that, I guess. That's right. But tomorrow they start back here and uh, they'll have be kids at my wife's school tomorrow for the first time since last March. Yeah, I think uh, my girlfriend, she's a teacher here too at for high school in Bakersfield. So they started um, on Monday. So this the same week too. 
All right. Well, I think we're going to the red, the red tier, whatever the hell that means. Yeah, today. Was that today? Yeah, we started today. Um, and then they said we should be in the next one, which I think is orange by like April, mid-April or something like that. Do we all get t-shirts or, or what? <laughs> we should. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, like I said, it's that process of everything's a process. So you just got to. Yeah. Yeah. Stick to it and tough it out, I guess. I guess we'll all get orange t-shirts next month. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I don't even, you know, I don't even know what the hell that shit means. I just wear a mask until I, I, I think I'm just going to wear a mask until it's not in the news I anymore. Mean, it, it, they mean something, but here in Bakersfield, it just doesn't mean shit. Cause <laughs> I mean, with the red tier, the one that we just got into gyms are supposed to be open and the gyms here have been open for months already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dining. We could do dining restaurants. And like, there's been dining for weeks already. So we um, never really paid attention to that. It's not, but it's never the numbers really didn't important. go up. So that's true. Yeah, so. Michigan. The numbers are rising in Michigan right now. Yeah, there's like a, a few, like a handful, or I think it was like 12 states where the numbers are going back up. So it's kind of that, you know, the vaccines out and people get that false sense of security. Right. Um, you know. They think just because it's out, it's like, okay, we're done with it. And, you know, it's, you still have to, There's, it's not just enough to have a vaccine, but, you know, enough people have to take it. And, you know, that whole term like herd immunity, what most people don't realize about that is for herd immunity to kick in, there has to be like a night, like over 90% of people that are either like um, immune to it due to, you know, the antibodies or the vaccine. So that's a big percentage. That's pretty much most people. So it will be a while before we reach um, herd immunity. How many people, how, and I heard that like half of all Republicans are dubious of getting it. And at least a third of them aren't going to get it at all. Well, I mean, Donald Trump told them to get it. So they got to listen. Magnanimous of him, wasn't it? Thanks, (laughs) Donnie. We appreciate that. (laughs) <laughs> it's like uh i think i texted you about it it was like a like a robot like a robot the robot short circuiting right <laughs> doesn't know what to do with itself well he he used that that really flowery language again it's a great vaccine get it yeah so <laughs> well, he paid that. for it so whatever well, he claimed that he he claimed that he was the reason. So, as long as people take it, that's fine with me. I finally made my appointment. It's actually tomorrow, so I'll join the the train, the hype the train. First one, yeah. Jesus Christ, Lala, where you been, so, man? <laughs> I've been busy, man. You're too busy to get the vaccine. That's too fucking busy, dude. Hella busy, and it just like doesn't cross my mind, like. I just keep putting it off. It's like, like I, uh, it's like an oil change for me. I just always like, I'm like, oh, I'll do it next week or on my next day off. And then that day comes in. I was like, oh, I'll just do it next time for sure. <laughs> next week for sure. Next week for sure. I think mine was due in February, but see, don't laugh because I haven't had the mileage. So is it, I'm not sure how that works either. Is it when the date gets here? Or the mileage, or both. 
you know, it's like uh, it's usually just other. mileage. Oh well, yeah. then hell, that's the more I important got, one. I got unless like it's been like sitting for years, but other, I thought that's your case, though. So. No, it just the pandemic. I, you know, people don't be driving. I have a 40, 42 gallon gas tank, and I get gas once a month. Oh damn! <laughs> so, but that before the pandemic, I was getting gas all the fucking time because I was running my ass off constantly. Now I just like go to work and go home, go to work, go home, and then the store's right down the road. So the hell with it, you know. Don't need yeah, gas very often. Don't need to check the oil or any. I'm probably gonna blow that fucking motor now. Yeah, all those extra places we don't have to go to anymore. No movie theaters, no restaurant drives. Oh, God. It's movies. just homework. <laughs> just homework and work and go home. Yeah. <laughs> so how's school, man? Good. Um, been I'm almost done. So the semester is flying by pretty quickly. So this should be, or it's exciting for me at least, finally done with BC. After so many years of like um, switching majors and undecided yeah. and all this, yeah, I finally have like a clear pathway into what I want to do. So I'm probably going to go to CSUB after this. All right. Um, I'm already like doing all the paperwork and everything. So just like everything else, it's a process. But yeah, it's just adult life, man. It's a lot to keep up with. And then on top of that, you have to deal with the world around you. So, yeah, absolutely. I I started still getting used to it. <laughs> I started college in, when I was thirty as an English major. I was going to be a teacher, and then I switched to history, and I was going to be a teacher, and then I switched to psychology, and I was going to be a psychologist, and then I switched to philosophy, <laughs> and I was going to be a teacher again, and then after I think it was twenty. It was 18 years of going to school and switching majors and fucking around. I finally just, I, I gathered all my, you know, 250 some fucking credits together. And I was like, how can I do this? <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up with a degree in behavioral science. And then I, I went back and I, I want to finish my philosophy degree, but I haven't quite finished it yet. I need one more class. That's good. I've always had that mindset of it's never too late to go back, you know, especially when it comes to school. You know, that's yeah. one of those like things that um, I mean, for the most part, regardless of your age, you could. It's one of those like, you know, quote unquote muscles that you could still work out and and always improve, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, that this 90 day life change challenge thing I'm doing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That that was just because my, I was so stale, I guess is a good word for it. I was so, I don't know. I, I just needed, to, I, I always wanted to learn how to play the guitar and I wanted to exercise and, and all these things kept coming into my mind. Like, like you said, like you're, you're always just like, fuck, I got so much to do and so much I want to do on top of it. So yeah. I just turned it into this 90 day challenge and it is kicking my ass dude <laughs> it's every single day from five o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night all day long i'm keeping up with work keeping up with you know the challenge my wife has been ill i gotta take care of my daughter i got all the shopping i got you know just 
it's just this constant movement and it's fucking discipline. I'll tell you that much to, to do something like this. It is yeah. discipline and it has made me want to become a personal trainer. And, but you know, that'll send me back to school again. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy. The amount of things we have to balance. Like if you really sit down and think about it, the amount of things we have to balance, like just in daily life. And yeah. then, like I said, on top of that, like having to deal or worry about, you know, the outside world and, you know, world events and politics and shit like that. It's, it's a lot yeah. to take in. It's a lot to process. And and then, you know, you, you I, I blog every day and it always turns into this. I'm always like, I'm just going to do 500 words. And it turns, I've done 72 blogs now and like 80% of them are over 2,000 words. Yeah. Like five fucking pages <laughs> where I just can't stop. I'm just trying to get this shit out. But then, you know, it's like, uh, when you want to do a podcast and I'm like, fuck, I want to do a podcast right now. So when everything's like fresh in your head and yeah, you got yeah. The rolling. yeah. And people yeah. at work, people work, ask me all the time. They're like, how in the fuck do you do all this? And I'm like, I don't know. I have no idea. I Discipline. sleep, I, I like sleep six, seven hours a night, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just a matter of putting your head down and bullying through it every day, every single day. But Dude, I got 20, 28, 27 days to go. That's 27 impressive. days. And I have been working out every day for 90. And then Kat, she she challenged me to 72 days of another challenge that I took on. So I'm doing it simultaneously. But it's like don't drink coffee and drink a gallon of water and do yoga. Okay, I, that's easy. I'll squeeze that in somewhere. Yeah, I'll squeeze that in. <laughs> but you have to do the yoga outside. And then the little shit, she was like, you know, I haven't started yet. I'm on day 15 and she hasn't started yet. <laughs> Fucker. Probably a good thing to let you know two weeks in. <laughs> She's always like, I'm on day one again. Because <laughs> it was her challenge and she cha she challenged me and she said if you fail on any part of it you go back to day one i'm like yeah. all right so i'm on day 14 or 15 i don't know and she's on day one <laughs> yeah you have too much confidence in people's and other people's discipline we're not most people aren't built like you robert <laughs> so dude i'm thing. just i'm just you know what seriously all bullshit aside I just really like helping people, you know, I, I have, I, I get up at five o'clock in the morning and I've got three people right now. One of them is in Tennessee and one of them's in West Virginia and one of them's here in Bakersfield, but they're, they're They begin to ask me questions at five minutes after five. Hey man, what are we doing? I'm like, ah, oh, all right. But it, it just turned me into this, like this personal trainer. And I, I don't know, man, I might do it. Fuck, I don't know. I'm only 55. Sometimes I think, oh, Christ, I'm almost 56. But then I usually think I'm only 55. I got plenty of time. I could do personal training for 10 years, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's plenty of time to do anything. Yeah. I, I specialize in people like the one of the people I'm working with has a traumatic brain injury. So she's working around trying to figure out how to begin to exercise again, but she can't keep her balance. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to start right there. Yeah. It's like, 
just start on your back, kid. That's <laughs> do leg lifts. You don't need balance for that. <laughs> Man, it's I got, good. I got to ask you. I, I, and I know it's it's a it's a real bad issue, and I I didn't want to bring it up because we got people that we know, but when you bring up this Asian violence thing, I, I see it. It's so volatile and it's so nasty and I get it. And I, you know, and every, everybody was angry because it wasn't in the news and it wasn't being reported and we didn't know about it. So then when it came to light with a big shooting, it, it comes to light now. And then all these others start to pop up. All these people are so fucking angry. I mean, I've had people angry at me because I had an opinion about it after it happened. So, you know, how could I, how could I, my question here is how could I have a fucking opinion, not have an opinion about it? I didn't know. It wasn't being reported and it's not like I'm, you know, surfing online looking for Asian violence. Um, see, for me, I think it's it's a lot about perspective. Um, like for me personally, I did hear about a lot about those stories of like the Asian attacks and stuff like that. Because, I mean, most of my news I get from like some sort of uh, social media, you know, whether it be Twitter or like Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and I'm not saying like that's my... Like, I don't, like, do all my fact-checking and stuff like that on social media, you know? Thank you. Um, I hope not. <laughs> but, like, you know, there's there's a lot of, like, news that comes out of places like that. You know, I don't, you know, I think the days of, like, sitting down and watching, you know, the 6, six o'clock news or, you know, I've never done that. That's never going to be me. Um, I have all these other, like, news sources that are reporting things like that. So I've, I was aware of it, you know, long before... Uh, the shooting last week, um, it kind of just, like you said, it came into a, a climax last week with that shooting and it kind of put it, you know, in everyone's eyes, um, you know, whether you've seen it or not before, it brought it, you know, to light to everybody. Um, so I can see why some people think, you know, oh, it's being underreported um, or it's not getting the attention it needs. But at the same time, like I it is being, you know, to some degree reported. And I just don't like when things like the, when things like this happen, I hate when people try to like scapegoat or like point the finger at um, like a specific race, you know, right. um, like when it, like, I, I don't know, like if you've seen it, but um, before a lot of like the, you know, the Asian attacks, there was a lot of attacks of like street vendors, um, you know, or like those people that like drive around their little, um, like little carts and sell like corn and right. and like ice cream stuff like that. I don't know. Did you ever see something like that? Yeah, I got them. Did you ever see those like report? So no, um, that see that's you know that saying. was the thing I that... didn't know anything about that until the big shooting happened. Then I went back and did and started reading all the reports that were coming out and all the, I, and I, I rely a lot on day on facts and data. You know, yeah. coming from coming from reputable sources, and you know, when I see Donald Trump says something, and Twitter erupts in a hundred and fifty percent, you know, increase in 
against uh, Asians and and all this shit. It, every time he said Kung Flu, Twitter went crazy. Every time he said China virus, it went crazy. And then it, it began to build up and build up and build up. And then that shooting happened. And I attributed that uh, probably mistakenly. But from the way I was, it was handled when I, when I said it out loud, I said, I, you know, I attribute that to Donald Trump and, and I kind of got attacked and it was like, you know, that wasn't Trump. It was happening long before that. And, and Trump didn't really do that. Yeah. Yeah. He did. When you look at the fucking data, it says every single time he brought that shit up, it erupted on social yeah. media. And those or go ahead, finish. Yeah. And, and so when it erupts on social media, it bleeds into reality. That's just the way it is. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was gonna say. Um, you know that social media uh, presence and uh, effect it, like you said, bleeds out into reality, and it causes these you know real life attacks on people that you know affect their lives, um, and in many cases, you know, permanently, like we saw last week. Right. Um, but I think. Like one of the things that um, that I see a lot when people comment on like Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that on these attacks, it's like it's they want to say something, but they're afraid to say what they really want to say. And like if we're being like honest and blunt, what they want to say is, um, you know, before the shooting, what they saw was like a bunch of black people attacking Asians. Right. And they want to say that without sounding you know, racist because of, you know, the, the world that we live in today. Um, but here's the thing to me, um, those things, like you said, it erupted every time Donald Trump, like uttered the words, you know, Kung flu or China virus, those like that type of like racism, it's, you know, the whole like white supremacy thing. So regardless of who's doing the attacking, when they, you know, base those attacks on what Donald Trump's saying, they're subscribing, whether they know it or not, to the white supremacy, um, like narrative, you know, whether it's a black man, a white man, uh, another Asian person, like doing the attack, they're subscribing to those ideas, uh, whether they know it or not. Uh, same thing with, uh, you know, when they were attacked like street vendors, you know, I know I remember in 2016 in the last election, you know, the big the big issue was uh, like immigration. You know, that was the bigger issue. There was, yeah. you know, so and it was kind of the same thing that it is today. You know, it was the whole like, you know, they're not sending their best, you know, they're rapists, they're killers, all this stuff. So when you see people kind of like lash out based on those, you know, on what they hear Donald Trump say, those views that he's that he's spouting are, you know, based on you know, the whole like white nationalist and white supremacy uh, views. So regardless of who's doing the attacks on, on who that's what they're subscribing to. And that's the base. That's the real problem. Yeah. Um, is those views. So when you say, you know, it's black people because, you know, they're like overly aggressive and they're just inherently aggressive. Um, you're, you're, you're feeding into, that white nationalist, the white supremacist views. Um, and that's what people don't realize. Wow. I, um, I, I get it. I mean, 
it is so hard to be a white guy and talk about this shit. It really is. And every time you say, every time you say uh, Asian person or a Chinese person or a black person, it, everybody bristles. Even when yeah. you were just talking about it, I could feel myself emotionally like, oh, fuck, man. You know, it's like, <laughs> what's yeah. he going to say? And we're all afraid. And we're trust afraid. me, man, I know it's hard. Like, I know, as a, you know, Mexican person. Um, oh, my God, like you're Mexican? <laughs> I didn't know, dude. <laughs> when, you, when you see, like, when I would see, like, the attacks on, um, like, on the street vendors or, like, you know, those people that, like, they're just trying to make a living, you know, trying to, you know, earn their day. Yeah. And you see like that, like a vast majority, you're, you know, like a big percentage of the attacks are committed by, um, you know, by, uh, by people of a certain race. It's really hard to like, you know, to hold back your prejudice or like, you know, to kind of, you know, think things like, you know what it is, it does look like it's, you know, just black people or, you know, just this kind of person. It's hard. It's hard to hold it back. And, but you have to, you have to, um, take things you can't take things for face value you know right you have to really think of what's actually going on why is this happening and what is the root cause of it and i think that's one of the things like i've mentioned to you before it's we ignore very often is is the root causes of of many issues yeah we do, we do. um so when we see things like that it's it's easy to point the finger uh, at somebody else the hard part is, you know, really thinking about what's really going on and what caused this and how can we change that? Man, I, I, I need to ask a question here and it, it, call me ignorant if you want to. It doesn't matter because it's our podcast. So when you're talking about these street vendors, right? Yeah. These guys and, and gals, what neighborhoods are they selling their wares in? Uh, it ain't fucking Rosedale. Like Right. Okay. Uh, so the neighborhoods that they are in are predominantly black and Mexican. Right. Okay. Mexicans aren't going to attack Mexicans usually. So and the thing yeah. is, it's a neighborhood thing and, and it's a, it's a poverty thing. And it, 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 it all, it's not just race. It's just the way things are in that neighborhood. Right. And it, like I said, there's many like roots and like origins of like, you know, poverty and like this like class, you know, classes, uh, you know, the way even like cities are, are built, you know, how, uh, like, I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, but in some sense, whether, even though it sounds crazy, like even something as simple as like the construction of a freeway can in itself be racist. Uh-huh. Um, just because what it does to the infrastructure and uh, what it does to the people that live near and around freeways. Um, you know, I, that's something that I've uh, been like reading into and like looking into uh, lately and how freeways throughout uh, the history of the United States have been used to, to separate people from, from each other. And it's to separate certain types of people from other types of people and certain neighborhoods from other types of neighborhoods. And when you when the system is created to like clump all these, you know, poverty stricken people uh, together, there's, you know, like I said, poverty causes a lot of problems. And one of those is crime. Yeah. Um, crime is a result of poverty. So when you, 
like trap all these people in the same neighborhoods, you know, you're going to see high crime and then you're going to see the finger point and you're going to see the race wars and the gang violence. Right. So it kind of, you know, it all goes back to, to like a main issue and people just choose to ignore that. Isn't it funny? Isn't it? I, I know you were talking about how the, the highways divide us. If you go right here in Bakersfield, and you go down Stockdale, and Stockdale is very affluent. It's got restaurants and parks and churches and um, all kinds of things going on. There's the hospital right there. Right there at the 99 when it, Stockdale terminates and becomes Brundage, it turns into a fucking hood. Yeah. So, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, I that's mean, right on the other side. And there's many examples of things like that, even um... – like building uh, regulations and building codes. Do you see many uh, two, three-story apartment complexes in Rosedale and West Bakersfield? No, they're all on the east side. You, you see a lot of single-family homes in in West Bakersfield. Why? Because they don't want, you know, uh, two or three, like, subsidized housing apartment um, clumped up together because, you know, they don't want certain type of people living there. Right. Um, so it's that kind of, like... Um, I don't know the term to describe it, but like subtle racism or, you know, they're trying to be like subliminal and not obvious about it, but you know, it exists and it's not only here, it's in LA, it's in these big cities. It's, it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, And like I said, it just, it really, uh, it undermines the real issue and it has the real issues. And that's what people don't talk about. Like, I mean, we're not, I'm not going to like name any names, you know, but I mean, you, we've both seen in, um, like we have, we know people that, you know, one of their, you know, quote unquote solutions to this whole like thing that's going on with uh, Asian hate is like, you know, to, uh, you know, to take one of their words, like to arm themselves, you know, right, and to defend yourselves, which, you know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for self-defense. And I think you should be able to defend yourself, especially when your life is threatened. But, you know, I don't think a lot of people think that, okay, let's say somebody gets attacked, like. Um, the way I see it is like, let's say a, a street vendor gets attacked and they they defend themselves and they end up like shooting or like, uh, like let's say they killing, they end up killing one of their, you know, attackers. Guess what? That next day, that same street vendor has to go back to that same neighborhood and continue to do their job. Uh, you don't think that's yeah. going to like put a target on their back every single day for, Absolutely. you know, as long as they work there? Um, Absolutely. I don't think violence is the answer to answer. I don't think violence is the answer to violence. That's right. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's never the answer to that. So we really have to, you know, that's, that's definitely one, like, it's like a short term solution, you know, for a long term problem. Uh, we have to attack the actual hate and the actual, you know, prejudice and the actual like message that's being given to us um, to really you know, fix the issues that we have going on. What you were talking about, I got two things here. One's what you were talking about. And then, and then this, but what we were talking about, that's historical racism is so blatant and so fucking obvious. And it is 
the building of a freeway and and housing rules and all this shit. And the funny thing is, is we drive all these people into these poverty ridden areas. We cut off their fucking school funding and then we go, aha, see how violent and, and poverty stricken and poor they are look at them and we point at them and then the data comes out of those places and the data looks like it's the it's condemnation of them but it's not their fucking fault right i I try to tell i try to tell people all the time when they talk about the hood and the ghetto it's like that is not their fault they have been driven to that point and then all their funding was taken away. Their schools are shitty. Their roads are shitty. Their houses are shitty. They can't get jobs. Drugs are rampant. Even the fucking police don't like to go down there. What do you expect in those neighborhoods at that point? Exactly. And it's it's a never-ending cycle. Um, at least and, the way we... Yeah, born into right. poverty, born into crime... Well, you know, and then by the age of eight or nine years old, gangs are already signing these kids up. And it just seems like, oh, my God. And and they talk that they, they affluent people talk about them like they're animals. Like, yeah. I don't want I don't go down there. Well, you know what, man, you should go down there. You should go down there and talk to them because a lot of those people are very nice. <laughs> <laughs> they are they're yeah. nice and they're helpful even in their even in their poverty and their crime-ridden neighborhoods it's it's just this veil that we have that we refuse to lift to to tell the truth and for a lot of people you know that live there it's it's their only way of life you know it's all they know so it's kind of hard to you know it's very easy to say well you know just don't don't steal, don't do this, don't do that. When that's all that surrounds you, you know, we're a product of our environments. Uh, We're, we're affected by our our environments more than anything else uh, in the world. So when we grow up in these, um, in these neighborhoods, that's all you see, that's all you have around you. So it's kind of hard to, you know, you know, oh, just get good grades. It's kind of hard to get good grades in high school when your fucking home life is a piece of shit. And you know, your parents are fighting, you're when your parents isn't even there for you or, you know, they got killed or they're in jail, you know, whatever it may be. Right. Kind of hard to focus on everything else when. And you're raising all your brothers and sisters because your mom works and yeah. Yeah. So it's when the world's falling apart, you know, all around you, it's hard to, you know, to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, you know, as they try to say. (laughs) Um, And I think that's the, that's the main difference between um, liberals and like Republicans or like me as myself as like a quote unquote like social democrat or socialist whatever you want to call me um i see things like poverty um as a systemic issue therefore it needs systemic solutions whereas republicans see poverty as an individual issue with individual solutions you know it's up to you to get yourself out of there right um the system shouldn't help you or like the government shouldn't, you know, give you all these handouts to help you. They should just work hard, you know, and you'll get out where, you know, yeah, there's a few people that get out, you know, working hard or, you know, they get lucky, but a vast majority of them don't. And to use those very few people that do get out and to use them as like, you know, see, they did it. So can you like, that's what I was just getting ready to say to hold those, to hold that, 0.01% 
0.0001% up as like an example. Look at what they did. No, 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 no. That's not how it works here. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. So um, to me, that's the like that's one of the main issues between um, liberals and Republicans is because, I mean, we all have like the same basic, like if you just talk to people, most people have like the same basic, um, do you know what an axiom is? No. When it comes to thought. So like axiom is like your core, like core, core beliefs, like, okay. like primal, um, like beliefs, you know? Right. So for example, uh, like an axiom that I hold would be like, um, and I was watching a video about this, so I'm trying to remember everything that I saw about it. Um, it's like, I believe that all living things, you know, all conscious living things, um, should be maximized to, to, you know, to, to be happy, to live well. So basically saying, you know, I, I believe that human wellness should be maximized. So everything that I believe, um, all like my political beliefs, where I stand on things, uh, you can trace back to, to, to an axiom that I, that I hold to myself. So for example, the example that I saw was, and one that I subscribe to myself would be like um, trans trans people and their trans healthcare should be uh, covered by like Medicaid and um, like Medicare, you know, and it shouldn't be considered uh, like a cosmetic surgery. That's like a big issue uh, with people too. They say, well, you know, if people want to transition, like it should be, you know, on their dime. And I don't believe that. I believe that if you want to transition as a trans person, um, it should be, you know, uh, one of those surgeries that's considered, you know, for your well-being, you know, whether it's like a heart bypass surgery or, you know, stuff like that, that's comparable. Right. And people say, well, why? Why do you think that? And I'll tell them, well, because, you know, there's plenty of studies and plenty of data that shows that, you know, uh, trans people that are, you know, able to transition um, end up being happier, you know, because they're not, you know, they don't feel trapped in, in, you know, the wrong body anymore. They feel more like themselves. And they're like, well, why is that important? And I tell them, well, because at the end of the day, I feel like uh, human happiness should be maximized. So all the beliefs that I hold and all the, you know, things that I spew out of my mouth usually can be traced back to to those core beliefs and what if you really talk to people um a lot of people don't like they have the same core beliefs and then they they vote against them if that makes sense oh we see that every day in Congress. so if, if you like day. talk to people yeah if you talk to people you know about like minimum wage and you know unions and uh you know like better living conditions so we like yeah i guess you know that makes sense like $15 an hour is really not that, like, it's not a, a lot at all. You know, that's, I mean, that's what, like $30,000 $30, a year. Like people are mad. Ass. Yeah. Like people are getting mad over people making $30,000 a year. So, you know, you talk to these people and, you know, most of them do agree with most like, you know, like quote unquote progressive beliefs. And then they go and vote Republican you know, just because of like some niche like issue or like some very narrow like 
thing that they like hold close to their heart they ignore everything else and just vote republican because of that or like how, how i was talking earlier about how we see the same issues just with different solutions you know like individual versus systemic right um so those kind of differences is what really like separate us um into thinking the way that we do and i mean they they think they're right and you know obviously i think i'm right um so it kind of it's that's what creates you know the whole back and forth between like political beliefs nowadays that's what that's why we vote but we vote for people who say they're going to do things and then they don't so <laughs> and a lot of us are kind of caught in that um have you ever heard of the is ought gap yes it's like the philosophy the philosophy like saying yes. thing yes how it's, it's very hard to to know what the world ought to be like when all we know is what the world actually what, is what it is i i have a question for you i have a question for you yeah i i, I agree with your with your your proposition that happiness is important where does it stop and it, and I, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I'm not against trans people. So let's not, whoever's listening here, let's not jump on me and say, aha, he's against trans people. I'm not. I am for <laughs> happiness. But where does it stop, dude? Like, uh, if I can show you some data that people who lose a lot of teeth would be happier if they could get their teeth back, but $24,000 to get implanted dentures. Should we have that paid for? I can show you data where women who get breast implants are happier. So if I give you bigger tits, you're going to be happier. So, but where, where does, where do we cut this off and start calling it cosmetic? You called it, you, you said we need to stop calling trans surgery cosmetic. Where do we cut the cosmetic surgery off? Because if people are, if you're, if your postulate here is happiness is, is key. Should yeah. we give people teeth? Should we give people tits? Should we give people an ass <laughs> lift? Should we get, you know? Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, the thing I would say to that, and maybe I would kind of backtrack a little bit to instead of happiness, I would use the word like wellness, maximize human, human wellness, you know? Um, well, isn't mental health wellness? Yeah. If I have a false, if, if not false, but if I have a, a negative view of myself and I... I want, you know, some kind of cosmetic surgery and I'm going to feel better about myself. Then I'm going to be mentally whole after that. There is a wholeness to, there is a wholeness to cosmetic surgery. Yeah. I see what you're you're Kenny Rogers. Then you kind of look Asian when you're done and that didn't look right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, The thing, the thing I would say is, I think for Versace chick, oh my God. (laughs) To me, um, like transition surgery when it comes to trans people, um, I just put it in a different like ballpark when it comes to, uh, you know, your typical uh, cosmetic surgery, like whether it be like breast augmentation or like, you know, uh, uh, like you said, uh, ass lift, stuff like that. Just because, you know, when it comes to I can't trans- I said tits. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to like trans, uh, the trans community, like one of the biggest issues that 
that is prevalent there is a uh, suicide rate. Right. And, um, you know, the data and the studies have shown that, you know, people that are uh, trans people that are kind of like trapped in that like state of they they're not like comfortable with with who they are and, and what they look like, you know, the suicide, the suicide rates for them are like sky high, man. Right. Um, so, you know, there's people that, you know, like you said, really want that ass lift or, you know, really want bigger boobs. They're not going to go and kill themselves over that. Whereas if you, you know, it's get not up, as prevalent, I see, right. but people do anyway, you know, right. And but whereas if you have, you know, let's say uh, a trans woman that hasn't had like their bottom surgery, so uh, or, you know, they're not like allowed to go to, you know, the the restroom that they identify with, um, that takes a toll, like, like a huge toll mentally on people, on them, especially. Um, and I just feel like that's just, I feel like it's an it's a non-issue that people have created a big issue out of. Um, you know, people, there was like, I remember a while back when they were, you know, the whole like uh, bathroom uh, argument that was going on, whether, you know, people should be able to go, use the restroom that they identify with. Right. And like the argument against it was like, well, you know, there could be like a pedophile man that, that says he identifies as a woman and go into, you know, the little girl's restroom. I'm like, can that happen? Yeah. Does that ever happen? No. Like there's not one instance of that ever happening in the history of ever. So when you, when that's like, but the, it sounds reasonable. Okay. Like when that's like the basis of your argument and like the main thing, like it's just stupid. What could happen? Yeah. Yeah. It's like just... what could happen in a far-fetched world where that's literally never happened before. Yeah. Okay. And you're going to base your whole argument on that? Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, these are people's, like, lives and, like, their well-being that you're talking about. And, like, that's what you bring to the table. Well, first of all, you're going to have to have an unaccompanied child in a restroom, which is pretty rare anyway. And secondly, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see that happening. That's just not <laughs> Yeah, and then like it's just so much stuff like stems from that, and like tangents off off like those type of arguments. Like, have you heard of like the whole super straight trend that's going on right now? What? Like, there's like this like very super small straight. groups group of, of dudes that identify as super straight, and it started off as a like a meme or something or like a TikTok video. But basically, what they say super straight is is a male that is only attracted to biological females. All right. uh, and I'm like, isn't that just called, you know, being straight? But that like meme or that idea stems from transphobia because what they're saying is, uh, you know, you could see like a trans woman and, you know, you like, there's some like trans women that you look at and you wouldn't be able to even tell that um, they transition, you know, right. so they just look like, you know, you're like what you would call a, you know, quote unquote, typical woman. And then, you know, you, a lot of people are even, you know, attracted to them and you might find them attractive. And then they tell you like, oh, you know, I used to be a man. 
And then suddenly it's like, oh, I don't find you attractive anymore. Like I'm, part of me feels like you're lying. Like physically wise, they're, they're still probably like, you're still probably attracted to them, but it's that like transphobia, like, you know, thinking. And that's where that whole like super straight movement stemmed from. And I just think it's like, I think it's like the stupidest thing that I've seen in a while. Um, but yeah, that's like the thing now. So if you see that anywhere, that's pretty much what it means. All right. Oh. But see, when I see people say that they're super straight to me, I just translate that to they're like incels. So do you know what an incel is? No. <laughs> an incel is, uh, it's that it starts, it's. Uh, I'm learning a lot of shit it, tonight. It, uh, it means involuntary uh, celibate person. An incel. Yeah, involuntary celibate. So pretty much a dude that's like fucking weird looking and like no girls ever attracted to him and like they couldn't get sex even if they paid for it type of thing. And when people say beg, beg for it on Facebook. Yeah. yeah so okay. <laughs> that's what an incel is. So every time I see a dude like online or something say that they're super straight, I just put lump them in that category and I'm like, dude, you're a fucking loser. Get a job. <laughs> a lot of them have jobs already forget <laughs> a life how about that get a life there you go oh my god dude incel all right let's see and insults tend to be like you know that your typical like sexually frustrated male that has like this you know deep harboring like anger for women and they just hate all women and you oh. know which I mean makes sense considering the fact that no women like wants to like be with them or like finds them attractive and stuff like that. I I always found it fascinating. I don't know if I've told you this before, but why not? I may as well say it. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I people guy, especially guys are like, you know, I don't, I'm I'm not a homosexual. I'm like, have you ever tried it? You know, you gotta, you know, you don't know if you like a fucking hot dog until you bite into one, dude. Come on. <laughs> So, <laughs> I always laugh at things like that when, like, even like when they're eating like a corn on the cob or like a hot dog, they'll like look away or like try to hide it just so they don't <laughs> seem, you know, like they're gay. I'm like, how insecure do you have to be that you can't even eat a fucking hot dog normally? Do you, you want a banana, like, dude? Oh, fuck no, I don't want a banana. <laughs> it's always uh, those people that are hypersensitive to being called gay that kind of kind of worry me where they. Yeah. Where they stand, you well, know, I, like I said, when people call, I've been accused of being called gay, and I'm like, you know, listen, um, when I was 35, 36, maybe I right in that, right in that age, I, I got drunk one night and made out with my best friend in the car, and then you know we we kissed, and he was a gay man, and then when we stopped and we looked at each other, just burst out laughing. I was like, I well, I know I'm not gay, <laughs> <laughs> so when you want to. You want to get down to brass tacks here? I got proof, buddy. I'm not. <laughs> you don't knock it till you try it, like they say. So. That's right. Maybe he'd have brushed his teeth first because he had that cigarette breath. And I'm sorry, Jeff. I, you're probably <laughs> going to listen to this. It was the cigarettes, man. If you hadn't smoked it, I might have ended up gay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Missed the window. <laughs> I missed my window of opportunity because you smoked, bastard. I think that's just a general turnoff for people regardless of where you stand. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, that's, you know, going back to what I was talking about earlier, um, I think that's the way people should should really look at their political views and kind of like reflect on them um, when it comes to like what they believe and what they think and what they oh. should support. Did you say by their, their you call it axioms? Mm-hmm. Axioms. Um, there's a few other terms for it, but that's uh, basically what they are. It's like your core. Principles. Yeah. Your principles. Um, Truisms, I guess. Something yeah. like that, yeah. And like, there's this, I'll send you the video that I watched. This dude goes like way into more detail and, and explains it like a hundred times better than I do. Okay. Um, so you could just like understand what he was trying to convey. Um, but he basically just talks about like the root of like his political beliefs and just political beliefs in general. Um, for you know how people come come to what what they think. You know he talks about like normative and descriptive uh, statements and the difference between them and how a lot of people kind of get them confused. And um, I'm interested in it because my, that core, that same core belief that you have about living creatures, it led me to become a vegan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I, I believe that all, living creatures have a right to be what they are. You know, it's like, I'm just being a fucking fish, you know, let it be a fish, let it be a cow, let it be a chicken. Don't fucking kill it and eat it. That that just seems wrong to me that to take something's life when I don't have to take something's life in order to survive just because I like hamburgers, I'm going to go ahead and and turn my, I'm just going to turn my face as they kill it. And I'm only going to think of it as a package in the store. That's that's yeah. where that axiom led me. And and I mean, obviously, I don't like I, I don't like subscribe to it like a hundred percent just because I feel like anybody that did would like you know like you said be vegan too. Yeah. Um, but like I always find it funny when people like I remember I had this conversation with a few friends a few weeks ago. We were talking about like um, like just different types of meat and like exotic meats. I don't know how that conversation came by, but uh, at some point they said something about like, oh, have you ever tried like, you know, they said, oh, have you ever tried alligator or like, you know, lamb or buying then some, some, someone said like horse or something like that. And uh, one of my friends was like, no, like, how can you eat a horse? Like, that's cruel, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you're eating a fucking cow. <laughs> like, have, people have cows as pets, you know, like cows are one of like the smartest uh, animals, yeah. like, there are they're just they're basically like big ass dogs they're just yeah they're really kind and caring and loving and they get attached to people but you know when you say when you want to show somebody a video of that they don't want to look at it yeah they don't want to consider that that cow is smart they just want to consider that cow that that's not it's nothing i want to pet <laughs> yeah. i just want to eat it but don't just eat a horse so, man because that's weird and cruel <laughs> we've just been so like desensitized and we don't associate when we see a cheeseburger or like, you know, a chicken breast, we don't associate that with like a pet or something that, you know, has emotions or feelings. We just right. think, oh, it's, you know, when you think of chicken, you think of, usually you'll probably think of like fried chicken or like chicken breast or wings, right. you know, you don't think of a literal chicken with, you know, with a beak and the feathers and all that. So, 
Yeah, because we've sanitized it. So, to you know, if you watch these documentaries about uh, veganism and animal cruelty, all those slaughterhouses are way out in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> where you can't see all... Where you can't happens. see them. You can't see what's happening. And when you drive by a dairy, if you take a real good look, you know, the cows are standing in shit up to their own knees. And it's like... Good Lord, what are we doing here to these animals? But they're they're over there. We're not. We, we only drive by those things occasionally. We only and like usually. We're like, hey, look a cow, and then we just keep going. No, <laughs> sorry, that cow's last day, last day alive. Yeah, <laughs> if you stop and the cow has sores on it and it's miserable and it's standing in its own shit, but you're you're two hundred yards from that cow. You're like, look a cow. Yeah, is it, people sound so surprised because most of the time they're like in their cages and in their pens, as compared to like out in the field. You know, cage free. You know what that means? They have like two feet of space. They have that. access to go outside, but they don't necessarily ever go outside. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I seen a. I seen a. I think it was like. Um, Super Size Me too. Yeah, that's where I got it from. I was like, are you kidding me? He's like put up a little piece of fence outside and he's like, he chases them out there and they just run back in like, fuck, I don't know what that is. I've never been out there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I saw that too. I was fucking dying. <laughs> but I mean, I saw that and I'm still over here eating like chicken McNuggets and stuff like that. <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate the film and I, I get what they're trying to say, but... I think for a lot of people, it's they're just too far, too deep into the hole. You but, are you're you're deep in it, asshole. <laughs> but when it comes to humans, I'm super uh, super thoughtful, and humans yeah. definitely deserve. Uh, yeah, I have more I have more empathy for chickens than I do people. So <laughs> <laughs> I was reading a book, and a lot of people. Um, they tend to have more empathy towards their pets um, than versus like they tend to care more about their pets than they do about themselves. You know, there'll be people that, you know, get their pets like this, like super organic clean food and like they'll take yeah. them to the vet whenever they, you know, they limp for like half a second, you know, straight to the vet. Yeah. When it comes to themselves, they'll like treat their, their body like shit or like treat themselves like shit. Um, and some people think that it it stems from like this like some conscious belief or some conscious knowing that pets are more like um what's the word like they're incapable not incapable but just like without us they would you know a lot of them would die you know you just get your dog or your cat and you like throw them out in the street chances are it won't survive long yeah, uh, most most of them wouldn't. Yeah, so we hold our pets to like these higher standards than than we do ourselves, which is kind of weird when you think about it. Because I mean, if you don't take care of yourself, then how are you going to take care of your pet? You know, <laughs> if you die, who's going to take care of your dog? <laughs> you are still going to take care of your dog because it's going to eat your fucking face before you know they <laughs> find you, and that's cool. That's all right. Yeah. I wouldn't mind if Brownie yeah. ate my face when I if I keeled over in here and it stayed alive for two weeks. I'd be fine. <laughs> See, that depends from the belief that, like, you know, pets are just on this higher pedestal than than we are. I don't need. That's my why face. they say all dogs are dead. 
That's why all dogs go to heaven. And just some humans do. (laughs) Well, I never have, you know, off on a little tangent here. I never have worried about what's going to happen to me after I die. I, whatever. It doesn't matter. For me, especially as of late, um, just because like in the past few years, um, I feel like death has been more prevalent in my life. Yeah. Um, like I had a few family members like pass away, Sure, whether it was um, unexpected or, you know, kind of like you saw it coming. Um, I've had a few, like, you know, I've been to a few funerals um, these past few years and it just like, it's just got me like thinking like how, you know, it's very like cliche that, you know, they say life is fragile and all like, and all that, but right. it's kind of like been shoved into my face, like how f- really fragile like we're lucky to like even survive every single day. Like there's so many fucking ways we could die. Like I could literally die every single morning on my way to work. Yes, sir. You could. And yes, sir, you could. It's and luckily- crazy. <laughs> and it's just crazy to me. Like how, like how easy it is like to die. And that just got me thinking like, you know, what really happens? Um, if you know, like when we die and you know, the, inner like six-year-old boy that was raised catholic wants to believe you know that's the part of me that does want to believe like you know that there's some sort of afterlife yeah just because you know i've also thought like a long time of purgatory though bro (laughs) (laughs) hey at least i'll be somewhere because see what i've thought is like what if it just like ends like do you just like does it just go black and like what happens to your consciousness you know like is it just like falling asleep and never waking up and to me that's like I don't know if it's just because, like, I get in my head too much or something, but, like, part of me thinks that's, like, terrifying. Really? Like, there's no security of, like, Oh, what, man. I feel like a that's podcast the, coming on there. Like, that's the one thing, like, humans, like, no human in the history of the world knows, like, what happens after you die. Like, people, you can't die and then, like, come back, you know? I mean, there's those people that, like, die for a few minutes. Right. And, then, you know, they get... Uh, resuscitated and i've hear i hear a lot of their stories that they just say that they don't even remember or you know there's like varying stories that to them it was like they were asleep or to them like they saw you know the the bright light and all this but there's like no definitive answer and like that's i feel like that's something very hard for like science to to prove you know or to like tell people so to me i don't know what happens you know so to me, I, I want to say I'm so much like scared of dying. I'm just scared of like what happens after, if anything. I just um, don't want it to hurt. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm, I'm serious, dude. I, I've been in car accidents. I've fallen out of planes. I've been, you know, all kinds of bad shit has happened to me. I've lost a child. And the only thing I can ever think of is I don't want to be like trapped in a car that's on fire and burned to death or some shit like that. That, that, that doesn't sound pleasant. But you as don't far as, I don't know what happens after I die. But, you know, like I said, when I die, this thing that you call Bob, this body, I don't care. Give it to necrophiliacs. I don't fucking need it anymore. You know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just so curious as to, like, what happens. And the not knowing, like yeah. I said, kind of scares me. And, I mean, it goes back to my belief that, that's what, you know, kickstarted like all of religion is people not knowing. Yeah, fear. Um, yeah. The, the fear of natural wonders like the moon and the sun and the rain. 
that there had to be a cause for that. And that's just science. But they didn't know that at the time. And then that that general fear that we all share. I yeah. wonder what happens to that. You know, what happened to Gronk? He's not he's dead. But where is he? Mm hmm. Yeah. So it's just like the un the unknown, you know? Yeah. It's to me it's at least at my stage, at my current stage of life, it's it's more on the scary side, on the terrifying side than I'm not <laughs> at peace with it yet. I'm sure I'll get there at some point, but I was there and then you know, now I'm in that stage is where it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, it, it I don't know. But when you're like ninety, you're you wake up every morning, you're like, Fuck, I woke up again. <laughs> yeah and i like i said i just see it more it's like my like i've come more to grip with like my own mortality and i just it's like a constant reminder to me like everywhere i see whether it be you know like i said like the like the family members that have passed away or like i remember i was uh i was talking to my dad like a few weeks ago and he was talking about like me and my brothers or me and my brother and my sister and like um how like you know, big we've gone just because from like growing up and stuff. And he like told me, he's all like, if I never get the chance to tell you, like, I just want you to know, like, I'm proud of you guys and all that stuff. And like, just, you know, just by those words alone, like, if I never get the chance to tell you again, like, it's just scary. Like, it kind of just brings everything, you know, right up in your face. And, you know, it's not like my dad has like cancer, or, like he's right. dying or anything, you know? You know, he's a healthy, like, 56-year-old man. He's probably, like, the healthiest. You and him are probably the healthiest, like, people I know. Um, so I'm really scared of dying, and I'm overweight, and I eat cheeseburgers, <laughs> and I never work out, and I drink too much. And <laughs> Yeah, so it's just, I don't know, just as of late, like, these past few years, as I get, I think as I get older, it kind of um, becomes more, like, death becomes a more prevalent part sure. of your life. And, you know, I've like sometimes I'll just be alone and start thinking to myself, like, what happens when I'm like fucking hella old and all my friends that I talk to now are like dead? Yeah. And I'm like the last one of my friends to be alive. Or like what happens if like my future wife like dies and, you know, I'm by myself for like the last five, ten years of my life. Like that shit's, I mean, to me, it's scary, at least right now. You're a morbid motherfucker, aren't you? <laughs> I get in my, in my like phases, I guess. I'm just I like, think about you know, it. I think about it all the time is as philosophy and existentialism is, is rampant with death. It's like being and not being, and what does it mean not to be? And you, you yeah. talk about it philosophically. I don't know. I have watched, I don't know, probably a dozen people die in my life and always, I, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that last seven minutes. Not, not that I want to die. Not all. We're not doing a CSSRS on me or anything. <laughs> not that I want to die, and I'm not making a plan. But they talk about that last seven minutes when your brain burns up that last seven minutes of oxygen before it dies. There's some shit that goes on in your head. That I got to yeah. see. That I, that I'm curious about. But as far as as far as dying, I'm I don't worry about it right now. It's it's closer than I'm closer than you. And we are all right on the verge all the time. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's what have you ever seen those things where people say like, "What do you want to know? Like when and like how you die?" And 
like I, I flip flop on that answer like so many times. It's like I, I mood. Yeah, pretty much. Like I would want to know, like, all right, you've reached like the halfway mark. So <laughs> better make the most of the next, you know, how many years you got left. All right, dude. Well, let me let me give you a little bit of motivation. You ready? Go for it. You don't know. You might be the the halfway mark. And and if you did know, would you change? You're like, well, hell yeah, I'd change because it's the halfway mark. Well, if you don't fucking know, why aren't you changing? Because you may have passed it. Yeah. Yeah, you need everybody needs to get busy living is basically what's going on here. It also depends on how you view life. Like if you want to, you know, some people are like, well, fuck it. I love, you know, fucking eating like shit and, you know, doing all this. Like that makes me happy. I want to if I'm going to die like that, then I want to die happy. (laughs) And then there's other people that are like, I want to live as long as I possibly can. So I'm lazy, lazy people say shit like that. unmotivated lazy dumb people i don't want to die hungry so (laughs) well i don't want to die on fire can we can we fucking fix that up (laughs) i think everybody can agree on that (laughs) well you need to you need to get busy dude because i can how are you 26 yeah 26 yeah i gotta remember being 26 god damn (laughs) Well, at least I'm not. What was that? The celibate, celibate. What was that? Incel. Yeah, at least I'm not an incel. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very shitty way to die. <laughs> Lone and masturbating. <laughs> All right, dude. This has been an interesting conversation, but we need to come back because we need to talk about more about this this fear of death that we all have that that's a very interesting topic we need to should get dues back in on that one i'm down for a more philosophical philo- what is it philosophical. Philosophical. philosophical yeah there you go philosophical uh inquiries yeah all right i'm down well man you ready yeah well it's been a wonderful evening i appreciate you man this is bob and lalo And you know what, folks? We said some things about race in here. We said some things about poverty. We said some things about politics. We said some things about guns. Take it all with a grain of salt because, you know, Lalo and I, we're probably thoroughly fucking wrong. (laughs) I like how, I mean, just like a, like a FYI to the audience, um, like we don't, like really plan out the podcast, but we kind of just have some like, you know, main ideas that we say yeah. we want to talk about. And I feel like half the time we like start on that and then we just end up on a completely different thing. But I, I like that. I like that. It's, it's not, you know, scripted and it's like right. whatever, like, it's gets said. yeah, whatever gets said during the, the episode. Yeah. Like, and that's why on. I say at the end of every episode, don't stress this, man. Don't, don't fucking get down on us because we're, we're saying it. It's just our opinions and opinions are opinions. We're, we're probably thoroughly fucking wrong. Right. Yeah. That's the way it is. I'll see you later, man. (laughs) Later. You have now experienced the thoroughly wrong project with your podcast hosts, Lalo and Bob. 
We can now be found on Pandora Radio, Apple Podcasts, Podium Podcast, or by searching The Thoroughly Wrong Project to locate our YouTube channel. You can contact us directly by email at thoroughlywrong at gmail.com or just leave a comment on any of our platforms. Until next time, thanks for spending your valuable time with us. And remember, always speak up and never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.